0: Hey there, welcome to episode 352 of Find Your Food Voice. I am Julie Duffy Dillon and Happy New Year. We the Find Your Food Voice team, we are so excited to be back in your ears for this this chat. We are unpacking all of the complicated parts of starting a new year while trying to also not get sucked back into diet culture. We're also talking about how that kind of uh, impacts other areas of our life. So I know you're in for a treat. I have heard from many of you that you really enjoy the chats that I have with the team. So we're going to make this as uh, frequently as possible. And as you're going to hear in the episode, one of our team members, Colleen, is actually about ready to go on maternity leave. So also a content warning. There is a mention of pregnancy, Um, but We are still going to be um, having these chats as often as possible and include them when she gets back. So without any further ado, here is our dream team chat after a quick message from...
2: our sponsor.
3: Welcome to 2024. Can Ooh. you believe we're all here and how quickly it came?
0: <laughs> it is bizarre and yeah, we've made it. It feels like we've gotten over a hump.
3: Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um this, you know, I think the theme and word of this podcast, and maybe even the year. Like maybe it's not just a start, is unglamorous. Like as we were talking mm-hmm. through the episode today, it just kept feeling right to say like unglamorous. Um, and we have lots to unpack with that. This this episode, but really wanted to talk about what you know, the end of 2023 looked like for, for us, but also kind of what these, like, resolutions look like in 2024, and maybe you might be full, feeling some of that diet culture pull back to the the beginning start of the year um, with resolutions and maybe things coming across your feed. So this episode is really going to be just about that. And, uh, yeah, I will pass it on over to Rachel to kind of talk about what the start of the year feels like for her.
1: Hey, everyone. Yeah, so the end of 2023 um, really just decided to throw every possible thing that could go wrong at me in the last like three weeks of the year. And normally at the end of the year, I really like, thanks to Julie and um adopt a, a wintering sort of attitude towards the end of the year where I really just kind of settle in and move slower because 2023 had other um, other plans for me. I did not get to do that. So the beginning of this year is looking a lot slower and more wintering-like than it has in the past. I think normally at the beginning of the year, because I am like a very type A planner, I feel this pressure to kind of have a quote-unquote fresh start and, you know, get my new planner and make mm-hmm. it all pretty and set really strong goals for the year and kind of do all of those things and you know it used to be those ended up being very like diety weight lossy mm-hmm. but as i've moved away from diet culture they've shifted to other you know career things life things self-care things of course i turn self-care into like a chore mm-hmm. um <laughs> but I'm not doing that this year and that's really mm-hmm. freeing but that kind of got me thinking about how that kind of idea of like a fresh start and resolutions and goals and all of that stuff how quickly that turns into this like perfectionism ideal which then is like such a slippery slope into diet culture um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how even coming from an anti-diet lens I can totally see how that, you know, that backslide back into diet culture is so tricky and so easily, you know, happens this time of the year.
3: Yeah. Do you feel like kind of, you know, I, I feel like I've been with you since you kind of started your body acceptance journey. So I feel like I have a little more intel that maybe you're willing to share with the listener, but do you feel like each new year, you felt yourself shift in a different way uh, with regard to that kind of diet culture, like, you know, unglamorous feeling of being like, you know, I'm going to step even farther away from this piece of like dieting in the new year. And like, what has that journey looked like for you?
1: Yeah, I absolutely. I think that when I first started, you know, learning to move away from diets, the, the goals and like the, you know, the affirmations for the new year still ended up being, I mean, not like straight dieting and restricting, but still in that, that realm. And they've kind of moved further and further away from that and feel a little bit more laid back and relaxed these days than they used to. So That's instead so of set, you know, setting like, very clear like i'm gonna move my body four days a week mm-hmm. for my mental health right you know i'd like put that asterisk mm-hmm. on it to make mm-hmm. it like not yeah quote unquote not dieting. <laughs> right yes like they've moved further away from that still kind of rigid to more just you know i'm gonna check in with my body every day and like ask myself you know what i need yeah they, they've moved away from being rigid. So
0: yeah. Uh,
3: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah. Thank you. I think that that's, it's even, it's helpful for me to hear too, as, Mm -hmm. as my journey has moved and changed and evolved on this path uh, because I catch myself doing that too, Mm -hmm. like trying to quantify or qualify you know, kind of whatever I'm doing. And and I think it's totally okay to just, yeah, check in with yourself. I love yeah. that. Yeah,
0: yeah just so... noticing it, I think is important. But go ahead. Sorry, I didn't know. I was you. just gonna say there's something
1: so seductive about I don't know what it is about the new year fresh start kind of mm-hmm. narrative, how how easy it is to kind of slide back mm-hmm. into, if not explicitly like deity messages that mm like you said, Colleen, that like quantifiable, you know, rigid goal setting.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. There's something about that rigidity that I think Mm -hmm. is important to highlight is almost like a useful tell that something's Mm -hmm. been triggered that probably is connecting to like diet trauma or Mm -hmm. uh, maybe if you don't like that phrase doesn't mean anything to you, but just even like reminding like, oh, I need to improve myself, (laughs) you know, which Mm -hmm. Again, it's not to like demonize, like, hey, I want to improve myself, but also the shoulds and the shame and the blame. That's the Mm -hmm. part that I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't have to have all that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like if you look at all these different types of theories about like identity development, this is getting really geeky, but identity (laughs) development, (laughs) spiritual development, um, I don't know, like any type of developmental theory, um, they all begin with rigid, very um, black and white, all or nothing um, mm. structure. And, you know, th- thinking about this from like a diet lens, like so many people, when I would first meet with them, they would be in a place, I don't know if, the, if you all experienced this, but like they would be in a place of like, I don't want to diet anymore because, oh my God, the last 10 years, 20 <laughs> years, I've just felt so shitty and it hasn't worked. Yeah. But then they would be like, but can you just tell me what to eat?
3: Can mm-hmm. you just give me a plan?
0: Can you just like give me something that's concrete? And so I say it's like a tell. I, in a sense of like, it may be a sign that there needs to be some, maybe I sometimes call my like guardrails or mm-hmm. something just to like help you find ease without the shame and blame. Like mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. a lot of like one of the chapters in um, the book that I, I'm writing is like, is on that. Like, how can you like judge it to like have a place where you feel calmer because of some kind of guardrails without being in that place of like even that manipulation Rachel you're talking about of like I'm gonna exercise four times a week for my mental health you know Mm -hmm. like um like seeing through the bullshit and naming it um and finding that that spot that feels like uh like a repair without harming you know and I don't know. Again, this this gets super geeky, but it's something that I definitely see in, like, so many different areas of healing, um, mm-hmm. even outside of, like, recovering from diet culture. And I do also think, like, how we relate to food in our body does mirror other things in our life. So mm-hmm. it's, like, when we have those kind of cravings of, like, I want to have structure or I want to better myself, it probably is also touching on onto something else, you know, yeah. outside of food Absolutely. and body. Um. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, this, this time of year, for sure, it will like bring it up. It's like full court press. <laughs> like, it's time to improve yourself. And yeah. um, sometimes rejecting it 100% in another black and white way is what you need. You know, yeah. and you're like I'm not mm-hmm. touching that shit with a 10-foot pole. No self-improvement. And sometimes that's what you need, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if you all went through something like that, but it's certainly things that people have mentioned before to me. Yeah. I'm wondering,
3: you said something, Julie, that sparked this question that I want to ask, which is totally putting you both on the spot, but I think it'll be really interesting to talk through. So I'm going to ask it. When I say the words, New Year's resolution, what are the first thoughts and feelings and reactions you have to that
1: phrase? My initial like reaction these days is one of like, kind of like recoiling, like, Mm -hmm. Cringy, ugh.
0: yeah. Just just a recoiling. Yeah. yeah. And I I would imagine that's part of your repair. Like, yeah. I'm rejecting that notion. I don't need to be fixed. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hence we're having an unglamorous start to 2024.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Colleen, does anything come up for you when you hear the phrase?
3: It's so interesting because I think I'm in a totally different camp. I love it. Someone, That's why the conversation. Yes, I am someone that sets New Year's resolutions. I think not in I, I like to think not in a rigid way, but I I definitely have things in mind for myself for the year that I'd like to like accomplish. And I don't know if it's necessarily like self improvement related or if it's just because like I really so last year, for instance, twenty twenty three. I set a goal to read 24 books in 2023 because I really missed reading. And I felt myself like just not reading as much. And I was like, okay, I bet if I set a goal, a quantifiable goal, like I will be able to achieve this and read more books. And I read 25 books last Yay. year. And I felt really great about it. And I loved the books that I read. Like, yeah, of course, some were better than others. and But it was so fun. And I used, you know, an app to track it. It was so fun to look back and be like, holy crap, like I did this New Year's resolution that I had and it felt awesome. Um and there are things on that New Year's resolution list I I posted on Instagram because I wanted to be able to look back at it that I did not complete. And I think the difference for me is how I feel about not completing them. And I think that mm-hmm. is where I'm sitting in the unglamorous. Like, I love that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's okay. Like I had these goals for myself and some of them I totally rocked and I felt great about doing those things. And the ones that I didn't do, I have no like guilt about. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just didn't get to it. And like, maybe it'll be for the next year. And maybe that's not even a goal for me anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So trying to be okay with like my evolution as well. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what comes up for me when I think of new year's resolutions.
0: Yeah. That resolution reminds me of the concept of like adding, not taking away.
3: Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, And
0: I wonder, I mean, yeah. Like, I wonder if that's part of it. It was like, Something you wanted to add back into your life, yeah, and yes, yeah, yeah and also the awareness of like it's, does it doesn't make me a good or a bad person if yes. I meet this or not, right? Totally. Like the lack of morality or yes, yeah. Yeah. which is Value why like to I'm it. gonna exercise four times a week for my mental health. I'm, I'm sorry, I keep using that. That's <laughs> no, okay. No, That's a, that, that a great example. I put it out there.
3: That's a great
0: example. I don't mean to like you know focus on like anything that you brought up, but also just, it is a really great example, but like, yeah, but for some folks, if they don't meet that, then they're like, oh, I'm a bad person. You know, right. I wasn't yeah. able to do this for my mental health quote. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, um, I'm so glad we brought this up because Colleen, yeah, you're highlighting how this is not a, this is a very murky gray, like there's so many different places in between all or nothing.
2: Yeah. And,
0: and sometimes being in the all or nothing is where healing is happening, happening too. Mm -hmm. Like there's no right or wrong. Um, but having the ability to step back and notice where you are, like that's hard, hard work, but also like, that's where I think so much of like finding your food voice can happen, especially when it's related to some of these things that we're talking about with like food and body. Um, anyway, yeah. Oh, I love I mean, this conversation.
3: There were some months that I didn't read a book yes. because I didn't have time and I couldn't. And I was like, okay, this is what it is. And there were other months Good. when I read three to four books. So mm-hmm. I think also just, again, like being flexible with yes. kind of where you are checking in with yourself. Rachel, you brought that up too. And being like, this is what I need right now. Or mm-hmm. like, I need to also give myself grace for, you know, this is not working right now. And that's that's okay too. So yeah super interesting. I love this conversation. Uh, Julie, I think that you've been working through some really exciting, fun updates. You've talked and shared about, you know, this kind of book writing process. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to know um, kind of how this process for you has evolved over, you know, the end of 2023, the now beginning of 2024, um, and how you kind of sparked this conversation by using the word unglamorous.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm happy to share and so much reflection over 2023. I've been just thinking a lot about the, the changes and, you know, if this is the first time someone's listening to the podcast, um, I'm getting divorced. So like, that's a huge, like life change. My therapist, as I was like trying to decide, was like, this is probably like the biggest decision you're ever going to make. <laughs> so, um, no pressure, so, yeah, no pressure, <laughs> um, but it was definitely the best decision for both of us. But like, yeah. um, so that happened officially in June and I started writing the book in August and, and in, in thinking about like the, black and white, kind of rigid things that we were talking about, I was thinking back in my mind, I was like, oh, I was doing that too. <laughs> because, <laughs> um, you know, I had signed the, or I'd, it was approached in March to write this book. But by the time the contract was done was like the middle of the summer. Um, and I decided to start writing when my youngest, who is going into fifth grade at the time, um, I was like, I'll start writing then. Like, even I couldn't even start till then. Like, that was almost mm-hmm. like the part of like the rigidity was starting, and I had this this time and space to kind of like dream about like how do I want to like enjoy the process. This is my Enneagram Four coming out. I'm like, how am I going to make it beautiful and romantic writing a book, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I looked at my calendar for the year, and I was like, okay, this is how many days I can actually write. This is how many words I can write each day. And so I got into super planner mode, you know? Yeah. Um, which at times can be a sign of strength for me. You know, those who are super geeky into Enneagram, four goes to one in strength. So like I can get into my like routine. And so I was like, oh, I'm in my one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I'm going to do all my writing um, live on TikTok because I'm going to have these times, exact times that I'm going to work mm-hmm. um, and write. And um. And that started out that way. It was fine for like maybe the first couple months. Then as maybe like October set in, and um, that's usually when I tend to have my uh, pre-wintering kind of slog, Mm -hmm. um, I was not feeling these like big chunks of time anymore. Mm. And when I was doing the writing as planned, like two or three days a week for like four hours at a time. Like I would be where I am now at my computer in my office and I would be like, I don't know, like first day school ready, you know, (laughs) my binder out and like all these things. But as time went on, long story short, is by the time October, November rolled around, I was like, I don't want to do it like that. And what I found myself doing instead is I'm writing like most of my book on my laptop in my bed. Doug's usually at my feet. I have some music playing uh that's random. That's a lot of Taylor Swift. I don't know. Um that's not random, Julie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Um you're my fellow Swifty now, but uh, uh Rachel, I don't know if you're a Swifty, but <laughs> not no. as
1: big as the both of you.
0: <laughs> I am like this like strange gen X newly converted Swifty. But anyway, um, yeah. So the time of day is different. As long as I say that, like normally I would do a lot of my like recording and um, writing work out before I was writing this book, like in the afternoon. And what I'm finding is I really like writing like first thing. After my kids go to school, I've had a cup of coffee. I sit in my bed and I write for an hour. And that's all I needed to really do to kind of stay on task. And yeah. Like it's become so different. And, um, I really, uh, it's still a routine, which again, I'm like, I feel like I'm still in this one zone of like routine mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. but it is much messier and not as pretty. And I'm not going live because I, there's something about like planning it that mm. I just, and also like, where am I going to put my phone? To record it? Yeah. <laughs> or don't like have it? I guess I could have like a, I don't know, a tripod or something, but So far, it just has been making sense to just do it more on my own. And um, I'm so grateful because the community that was part of like supporting me during the writing the book was also having a chance to be with me while I was writing. And so folks have been like, that's okay. You do what you need to do. You know, you don't have to be online. So um, I've been really grateful to all of you who've given me that grace. And um, I'll go back to that eventually. But for right now, it just seems to like make sense to be instead like in my cozy bedroom um, yeah. on my laptop, just going, just writing in a way that was not what I pictured. And it, it does feel like less glamorous, but it feels so warm and cozy, which I love. So, um, and again, I like, it. it does seem to have this mirror of like, going through the transition of being married to separated to going through the process of divorce, like I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot more gray in it too. My, my expectations were more rigid in the beginning mm-hmm. and now it's, yeah. um, I feel more grounded, I think, which is something that I, is really great for my mental health to be more grounded. So, um, that's a lo- really long winded uh, answer to your question, Colleen. So I don't know. If you <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was a beautiful <laughs> answer to oh, my question. I, I love hearing about your process, primarily because as as some of you may or may not and I think I've mentioned it. I also want to write a book at some point. Yeah. And that was a goal that I was like, oh, I'm gonna start it this last year. It did not happen. That was one of my ones that did not happen. Um, <laughs> but I am like, from what I'm hearing, both you and Rachel say it sounds like a big piece of What's making us feel good is honestly checking in and checking mm-hmm. to see what we need from ourselves and then feeling empowered to step into those needs. And um I think that with the new year, you know, we mentioned there's these feelings of potential of failure and these feelings of, oh, if I don't get to it, like what does that say about me if I don't, if I can't do it, or if, you know, what is that? what What meaning does that bring to me as a person? And it sounds like, you know, from what both of you are saying, like it's cool to live in the gray. It's cool to live in the nuance. Like it's cool to check in with yourself. And if that's, you know, hourly, daily, weekly, like, fine, you know. So it just this conversation is really making me feel like, I don't know, even more hopeful somehow, like mm-hmm. that we're just mm-hmm. all like growing and evolving in these ways. And that's just really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It To kind of go with that even further and like naming some of it, it sounds like we all have come to a place where we realize sometimes we need to pivot when we're not yeah. expecting it. Yeah. And how loving is it to allow ourselves to pivot and also oh. maybe pivot in a direction that ends up not working and you know, uh, yeah. there's no shame or blame. And I love the sense of like a fresh start with a new year, but also we have access to that every day, yes, yeah, you know, um, and yeah, we can and we can also not have a new start today, too. like yeah. it's it's okay. um, like permission to do whatever you need to do to get through the moment is always like what I'm behind. like, prioritizing your healing however that looks to me is what like I always want to support for you the listener and for the three of us you know whatever we need to do um and I think it's like really um the word pivot I think a lot about for you Colleen like um I know you are about ready to go through a big change (laughs) you are taking care of someone right now within but once this baby is born, um, that's going to be a, a really big change, right? Yeah. So we um, part of this episode is also kind of sending you off into stepping away for a little bit. We're yeah. gonna miss you tremendously, and also like know that you're going going to be also going through some changes yeah. with um, expanding your family. Um, Yay. <laughs> you know, it's so exciting and something that we asked, um, listeners, um, I sent an email out. Um, so if you missed the email, join my email list. Cause we like to chat there too. Um, and we asked just for like traditions from listeners about like family traditions and not necessarily like, uh, holiday traditions, but because I sent it out, like, in the midst of the holidays that's what we got a lot of yeah um so is it okay to to kind of go through some of those right now are we good to go on on um this part of the the episode do you want to hear them yeah i
3: would also love to hear your traditions as well
0: like if Mm. if you have Mm. any
3: that you want to share even you know whenever it can be before or after but i yes let's do that first i think i like
0: that um uh rachel what do do you want to start tell us some traditions yes sure um, as a
1: surprise to no one who who knows me, um, all of the traditions I could think of uh revolve around food we love that. <laughs> so they're all it, it's interesting. I come from a family that um, my parents got divorced when I was nine. My parents did a really good job to fight d- despite being divorced of like you know my mom would still come to my her sister-in-law's house for Christmas Eve like we would still we still had a very blended family even though my parents were divorced which I always like really appreciated um and so also in the holiday vein my traditions come from food that we would eat around the holidays so um, we celebrate both Christmas and Hanukkah this time of year, and lakas are a huge, huge staple this mm. time of year. We always have a day um, where we just peel and grate a ton of potatoes and fry them and enjoy lakas. My preference is with applesauce. Some people like them with um, sour cream. Sometimes we get fancy and put some like smoked salmon on them. Mm. Yum. You know, they've it, it's evolved through the years as as I've grown, but there's always latkes this time of year. And then the other thing that really comes to my mind is we always on Christmas Eve do some sort of like extravagant beef dish. So we would go to my aunt's and she would make this like delicious huge roast beef for all of us sometimes it's my favorite food of all time which I think I've talked about on the podcast before but beef wellington which is yes. essentially like uh like a filet wrapped in mushrooms and puff pastry and it's just so decadent and delicious um and so those are the those are the things that that come to mind when it comes to traditions
0: I want to eat that now, and also the like smoked salmon on latkes. Oh my god, that sounds yeah. so amazing! So good. I'm yeah, sure. as I'm salivating as I'm yeah. talking about it. I'm like,
1: I'm not ready for latkes. I I may have to make latkes again, even though Hanukkah's
0: over. <laughs> we would be behind you on this decision. 100 yes, hundred. Would you put capers on the smoke on the salmon? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is yeah. This is getting me really excited. Okay. That's one of my favorite things is like, yeah, those combinations. Anyway. Um, Okay. So I'm going to share a few of my traditions too. And um, a lot of, uh, there's kind of three that always come to mind for me. And as the listener probably knows, um, Rachel is the resident chef, not me. And so (laughs) how I've always done like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with like my immediate family, this is not like family traditions from like, Outside of you know my kids and I, but um, I don't love cooking, but I do love eating and so and like trying new things is exciting to me. And so anything that I could do like that are like appetizer esque. That's when I would try out like new kind mm-hmm. of recipes um, or even frozen ones. Um, also, I have the most wonderful neighbors, and they always deliver appetizer size kind of things, whether they're like savory or sweet. So over Christmas Eve and Christmas day, I kind of like just roll out every probably hour or two or something. So it's kind of this like factory line of like constant, instead of like all at once, it's just like, oh, it's two o'clock. Let's try this now. You know, like, um, so to me, that's fun. It's like, uh, instead of baking all at once or cooking all at once, it's just kind of like slowly all day long. So that's something that I'm going to continue doing. Um, and then the other, um, Christmassy kind of one is where I live. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina and in Greensboro about 20 years ago, this family started this tradition where they made out of like chicken wire. They made that big sphere and then they wrapped Christmas lights around it or just like lights around it and threw them in the trees. And it's evolved into this huge, like, um, over my neighborhood where there's like thousands of these now. Whoa. And there's there's no way to describe the beauty that it brings. Um That's because so
1: cool.
0: we have these huge oak trees in our neighborhood and in um most neighborhoods in Greensboro, especially like in the city of Greensboro, like the older parts, every neighborhood has these um parks in them of like just green space. It's just how they kind of develop the land. And so the The neighborhood comes together and like puts them even in that spot, and they get they run a cherry picker even, so it's like hundreds of feet up. So when you drive through it or walk through it, like Doug and I, every night we walk through it. It's just like it makes you cry. It's just so beautiful, and I always try to take pictures. I can maybe put a picture in the show notes, but yes, it never captures it. It it never just does. It spectacular. Justice. It's like
3: trying to capture fireworks. It never works. right. It never works.
0: Yes, which is always something to keep in mind. Whenever you think about those kind of things. So when you take a picture of yourself and you're like, oh, but like <laughs> pictures never, pa- they don't ever capture the beauty. They don't. They you So know? true. Um, anyway, so that's something that is um, I don't know, it's such warm, fuzzy, wonderful kind of things whenever I think about this. It's Christmas ball time. Plus it's balls. So everyone has to say like, oh, I love your balls. It's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Somebody, my neighbor the other day was like, someone came by to me today and said, I love how round your balls are. Like, Thank you so
1: much. I have
0: a um, lot of pride in like, my balls. Yeah. So it's like we're all in sixth grade again. Um, anyway, so the last one I want to share is more January-esque. Um, and of course, like New Year's Day meals. I know that because that is very like regional in the U.S. and then cultural. And I didn't have this tradition growing up in the Midwest, but now in the Southeastern part of the U S hop and John is like what people make here. Um, And I actually found a recipe like 10 years ago that I love. So that's one thing I do make every new year's day and it has like green in it and uh, pork. So isn't it supposed to have some green for like luck with money? Right. I'm assuming that's what that is. And then also eating um, food that's inexpensive to also, I guess it's just like about like, let's make this year lucky Especially in wealth. Um, I think that's kind of like what people have told me that's about, but I could also be wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, Hop and John, I always make too. With um, that all being said, do you want to hear some listener traditions? Oh, I want to yeah. share a couple too. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> is that okay? I'm like, wait, I have a
3: few. Yeah. Uh, but I do definitely still want yes. to hear our sorry. listener yeah, submissions. You. This is why um,
0: you are an MC and not me. <laughs>
3: i i have a few holiday ones and a few new year's ones as well um just because yeah the time of year it's fresh on the mind um holiday related every year in our stockings we get a can of wrapped olives and uh an orange and uh The tradition has gone back, I think, generations from my grandmother and then her family. Um, And I think it stems from the Great Depression when oranges were really, like, it was a luxury to have an orange for Christmas um, and olives. So... We we always do that. It doesn't matter. It's something I love. Like I know when I get to the bottom of my stocking, even at 31 years old, I'm gonna have a can of wrapped olives, black olives, and an orange. And like there's also different, you know, some people like open their olives right away. I do, I put them all on my fingers and eat them like a little <laughs> alien. Um, because that's the type of person that I am. But some people save them for like more practical use in salads down the line. Um, but it's it's just a really fun family tradition. And then with the orange, I always take uh um, candy cane off the Christmas tree and jam it into the center of the orange and then have like a little peppermint orange later in the day on Christmas. So I love that. Those are some family traditions. And then um, New Year's, we do like kind of a lounge and appetizer graze all day situation as well, where we just make lots of different things. My mom has this really yummy onion dip she makes. Like she does a green olive and cream cheese dip as well. Like I'm sure some of these sound really weird, but like they're (laughs) really good good um give it a try and um yeah we just do like we'll do like little weenies and like in you know crescent rolls and like just snacky things all day and we usually hang out in our pjs and like have a very chill day which feels really good to to bring in the new year um and then we also on you know new year's eve into new year um we always at like at midnight when the ball drops grab pots and pans and go outside and bang pots and pans. So that's That's like another fun family tradition that like, I've got lots of great memories, you know, as a kid running outside and banging pots and pans and ringing in the new year with family and screaming, happy new year. And yeah, just, just, um, warm fuzzy feelings. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. and that's why I love traditions and why I wanted some as my send-off kind of gift because mm-hmm. I I would love to start some new traditions with our growing family.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I wonder if your relationship with the pot and pan pot and pot and pan banging will change. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I can remember like Fireworks going off like right when I would put my kid to bed <laughs> and then maybe. wake him up. i was <laughs> like, "Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> get you!" Um, but maybe not. Maybe you, you'll you're gonna have a great sleeper. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think positive for you. Um, well, for the listeners, there was a lot of people who mentioned like wearing matching PJs and being in PJs all day um, during. December holidays and decorating the tree together. Um, A lot of people, that's what they said, were like their warm, fuzzy memories. Um, But I have a couple that are kind of like stories that I also wanted to share. Um, So if I'm sharing your story, thank you for being generous with it. Um, They are very sweet. Um, So this first one said, um, my mom grew up Jewish. So Santa was kind of weird to her, but my dad wanted at least one little Santa present Um, So my mom would wrap gift accessories in from Santa. So this person said, for example, let's say we're going to get something that needed batteries. We would get those from Santa. Or I got some nail polish. Santa would get me a top coat. As kids, it made everything mysterious. Like, how did Santa know? How did my mom and dad have so much (laughs) direct contact? What needed batteries? As we got older and started to suspect Santa wasn't real, it just became really funny. I was the youngest, so my older brother, who's eight years older than me, knew Santa wasn't real for a long time and would just die of laughter at whatever he got us because it was objectively hilarious. So this person's <laughs> like, I really recommend this for your family. I love it, and That's and fantastic. then also I know I love it too. And then I like this is the part I think is really cool. Uh, it's like the, this person said, it kind of made Santa less like consumeristic. Mm. Like he was just there to help my parents out. We st- and they said they also did like a Saint Nicholas Day. Um, and it also gave the older sibling siblings an inside joke and the younger ones just had suspense. Like it was like,
2: Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: So I thought that was so cute. Um, um, I will say too, um, with like the whole Santa thing, I remember just being, um, aware, like I didn't want to like have a a million gifts. I think a lot about kids who like don't have anything uh, during the holidays gift wise. So, um, I was like, okay, I need to have some kind of like, boundary. And so in our family, Santa brought three gifts because the three wise men brought three gifts. So that was like I only am buying three things for these kids. Um so anyway, another little Santa thing for me. So um this next person um said my family doesn't have many traditions but of the ones we do my favorite is carrying on my great grandma's cookie re- recipe. Um, Great-grandma's name uh, was Gracie and had an an anise. Am I saying that right, Rachel? Anise?
1: Anise or anise. Okay. Either Um, one. Okay. I don't actually know what the correct... I say anise. I say anise Anise. too.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to say anise then as well. (laughs) Had an anise Christmas cookie recipe she called Swinging Gracie's Anise Cookies. Cute. Uh, And the only creative part of the name is perhaps the swinging bit. Which I suspect might be a reference to her bipolar diagnosis. Yay for normalizing in the family. Wow. Uh, and that's so hey. great. Anyway, it is great. I love that. Uh, so there's more. So Gracie would bake these cookies every year for her dad, um, for this person's dad and um, uncle. And when she died, grandma took it over and adjusted the recipe to cups instead of pounds. And so the person's like, Yes, this original recipe called for pounds of Crisco. Whoa. So and Grandma switched it to butter, used lots of cookie cutters and dyeing the icing. She went all out. Well, then Grandma died in 2018, but before she did, this a listener said, I asked where the recipe was. And when we packed up grandma's things, uh, this person said they found the recipe box and her treasure trove, treasure trove of cookie cutters. Aww. Um and this listener said that they moved the like recipe and cookie cutters with, um, them when they did a big move across the country. And, um, when they spent their first Christmas away from their parents, they like made sure that like had it all with them. And when they went to visit, they were like, I wanted to surprise my dad with a little bit of his mom and grandma. So he pulled up, so she pulled out the card and switched it back to Crisco and got to work. And um, oh, this last little oh. thing is so cute. Like, so they said, these cookies are an acquired taste for sure, but they're so special to my dad and something I'm happy to, I can keep doing for him. Plus, he says, mine are better than my grandma's. He says, it's because I make them, but I know the real secret. It's the Crisco. <laughs> That's so <laughs> great. I knew so Rachel would love that so much. I love
1: that. I love <laughs> it, that. it. It also makes me really happy because my great-grandmother also... Um, Her name is Grace and she also, they're orange cookies, but my, my mom's side of the family um, doesn't, is not known for cooking, like my dad's side of the family, but they are, they're on my maternal side, like those cookies and those.
0: Another Grace and her cookies. Yes. I love it. I love um, trying folks, um, recipes that have been passed down from Mm -hmm. different generations. It's just, it's so much more than just the taste of it but like there there's yeah When like consuming it, it it just has this kind of um energy to it that just is so special so thank you listeners for sharing those things yes. that was very generous um Aww. so helpful best and gift <laughs> I and love it. we um hope that helps you Colleen as you're like pivoting to this next season and um you know help you to decide what traditions you're gonna have and what you're going to, yeah, what you're going to experiment with and what you're not. So we're going to miss you a ton. I know the listeners are too. So much. Yes.
3: This two's heart is very full uh, just with those like sharing of traditions. And yeah, I I couldn't ask for anything better as a send off. So I really appreciate it. And yes, I will miss you all as well. And you listener, but I'll
0: be back just in a few (laughs)
3: months.
0: (laughs) We cannot wait. And you know, if you're listening to this episode when it drops, just know you have one more week of hardcore New Year's resolution discussion left because the third week in January is when it's always like statistically most people are done with them and I think this is dropping the week before but um hang in there we're here for you um and Colleen we wish you well and can't wait to see you um I don't know your little bundle and when you're back on the mic thanks bye for now bye bye so there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Colleen and Rachel. We are so excited for you, Colleen, as you go into this next season of life. And Colleen will be back, and I can't wait to hear all about her new little bundle. But until then, keep in mind we'll be back next week for another episode of Find Your Food Voice. And next week's episode features a listener question. And I would want to hear your questions. If you have a question for me and the team, shoot us an email at info at juliedillonrd.com. Or if you are ready, if you're finally ready to send over your dear food letter, you can also send it there too. So info at juliedillonrd.com. All right. I look forward to being in your ears next week. And until next time, take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the food voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book And Colleen Bremner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at juliedaffydillon.com where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care.